Good morning, everybody. Morning. Good. It's good to see everybody here this morning. So glad you could join us for worship today. Um, maybe you're wondering why I have this in my hand. Anybody wondering? Um, if this is yours, then take it today, okay? Or if these, these glasses are yours, th- thank you. It's, a, I, I, it's a Bible, but you know, it's a... Uh, no name in the Bible, okay? But if that is yours, make sure you take it today. If these are your glasses, I think they're just cheaters. I don't know. I'm blind anyway. So, uh, But if these are yours, make sure you grab them today. We'll put them uh, back out in the lobby. Uh, actually, how about we put them in the office? Does that work, Barb? Can we? Where is Barb? She's back there. Anyway, we'll put them uh, in the office. You can grab them there. Uh, so thanks so much for being here today. We're excited to be able to worship God together in spirit and in truth. Uh, my name is Jason Kluppel. I'm the senior pastor here. It is so good to have each and every one of you here this morning. Welcome to those that are watching online. Just a couple announcements before we have our missions focus. Uh, our annual church business meeting is coming up May 22nd. Uh, that's when we have our yearly elections for elders. Uh, so there's more information about some of the dates before that, when we'll be covering more information in Sunday school and when names need to be in and how all the voting works. That's there in your bulletin, so make sure uh, you look at that uh, today. If you have questions, you can talk to me or any of the other elders about that. If you're interested in being an elder, uh, talk to myself or one of the other elders, and uh, we can begin that that process of of, uh, kind of seeing what God has for you. Uh, And then also, if you are interested in playing pickleball, there's going to be some people playing pickleball tonight at the church at 5.30 in the gym. You have questions about that, talk uh, with Debbie. And then also, uh, there's a sign-up there in the foyer. And um, on that sign-up, make sure you put down days and times that work for you. So we have invested in a pickleball court. Uh, It's kind of like ping-pong and tennis smashed together-ish, okay? Uh, So a a fun uh, sport to be able to play, really, regardless of your athletic ability or not, uh, it's something that you you can be involved in and do. So you have questions about that, uh, talk to Debbie. Uh, and now, Mike, if you want to come on up and uh, do our missions focus, and then we'll go into singing. Another time. 
Um, anyways, it's, but you can still continue to give above, above and beyond if you fill out a card. If you did not fill out a card and you, and you have no clue what I'm talking about because you came later after we passed out these faith promises, it's how we... Um, uh, um, those who are serving as missionaries that we send out here from Skiff. Um, so if you and if you notice the list that we in your bulletin, there's a long list of all of our missionaries that we currently support. Now, what that does mean um, that we have now have the numbers in that you guys have given, and we know the numbers that are coming. Every year, we send out a questionnaire to all of our missionaries to see how they're doing spiritually, physically, how they're doing financially and their, their future plans and so forth. And uh, all the missionaries uh, have a deadline. They have all sent them in, as we have asked to as a committee. And now, and this is where I, we need your prayer and wisdom also, because now, as a committee, we have, are going through those um, questionnaires and evaluating each missionary accordingly. And then at that point, we look at their finances, we look at what they're doing, how they're doing, and then we make a presentation to the, the Board of Elders and then um, so forth, whether we need to give more or do we need to talk to them or whatever. There's different avenues. So we ask for prayer because this is wisdom for myself and my ladies who uh, are on the Commissions Committee. Um, please pray for us. Give us wisdom and direction in this. And, uh, again, continue to uh, um, support. We appreciate the money that you've given, not towards us. It goes directly to our missionaries who, as uh, Ron Blue stated years ago, and it was pointed out in um, Pastor Larkin's uh, memorial, the sun has never sets at the ministry of Skiff Lake Bible Church. There's somebody around the world right now sharing either the gospel, encouraging, discipling, or ministering to somebody because of um, what uh, this church on the corner here uh, has done for, for many years, and we want to continue doing because until the Lord tarries and comes back for us. So please join me in prayer this morning. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for uh, who you are. We thank you for the opportunity we can come and gather before because of you. And we thank you for um, those who are serving you throughout the world, uh, sharing uh, your, your word, your testimony, um, either through um, just discipling, ministering, or presenting your gospel to them, Lord. We thank you for the, who are faithfully serving and and sometimes in dangerous areas, Lord, we pray that you continue to guide them and protect them and use them. We thank you for the sacrifices they've given up to be there, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, um, for their willingness to serve. We pray that you continue to guide them and minister through them. And we pray for the hearts uh, that uh, you are working into. We thank you for the people here at Skiff Lake, for the many uh, faithfulness and service that they've given um, through finances and through prayer for our missionaries. And we pray that you continue to guide them and bless them. But I also pray, Lord, that uh, you help and guide each one of us, Lord, um, be a missionary of ourselves. Um, we thank you for the opportunities that we have to share with people around us, with our neighbors, with uh, um, our friends, uh, with cashiers, with uh, people we just, you lead before our lives, Lord. We just praise you and thank you for that. And I pray that you give us the boldness and the wisdom to share with them the love, the great love that you have. Especially as we think of Easter coming up here in, in a few couple weeks, we praise you and thank you for the memory that we have of what you did for us. And how can we keep that within ourselves? We need to share it with others about us, Lord, the great love that you have. And we just thank you and praise you for that. Um, guide us in the 
the rest of the service, Lord. May we glorify and honor your precious name through the music and through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Morning, everybody. Good morning. Who's ready to worship? I don't know. That was that was a little bit lame. Who's ready to worship? There we go. If you guys want to stand and join us, we're gonna kick off with "How Great Is Our God."
God's Word, we read, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. But by grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one of you should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ.
thank you for the firm foundation that is your love for us, God. That we can indeed build our lives on the good news of Jesus Christ crucified for us, risen and coming again. So God, we want to build our lives on that firm foundation. God, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you for who you are, Lord God. We give you our hearts. We give you this church, Lord. I pray, God, that you'll bring healing to those in our congregation that are, that are, that are suffering with sickness, Lord. I pray for our missionaries that you'll bless them with encouragement, Lord God. God, I thank you for the families that are here, for those that are here in this church. God, will you grow us closer to you? And God, we ask that you will bring people here who do not know you as their Savior, that they would come here, that we would be able to introduce them to you and walk with them through their journey of faith, Lord God. Make us a beacon of light here in Jackson County, Lord God. God, I thank you for the kids that are here. I pray you'll bless them. God, that you will help them to see their need of you as a Savior and put their faith in you, God. Make this faith be their own. God, we yield to you. We ask you to make us the people you desire us to be, God. To to show us the ways that you've gifted us as individuals and how you've shaped us as a church to be your missionaries right here in our own backyard. We love you, Lord. We worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may have a seat as we prepare for offering. Skiff kids, you guys are dismissed. Make sure you don't run over the ushers on your way out. As we take the offering this morning, we're going to sing uh, At the Cross, where your love ran red. We've sung this a couple of times, so feel free to sing along with us. where 
together. I surrendered my life. I'm in all of you. God, I thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. We're here because, God, you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for a sinner like me, for sinners like us, to make a way for our sins to be washed completely clean. You took our sins away, you rose from the dead, and, you, and they're gone. And we can now stand before you with boldness, into your throne room with boldness. So, God, we, we come before you now. God, as we get into your word, God, I pray you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand what you would have us to do, Lord God. Don't let what we talk about just stay in this room, but help us to live it out. God, will you give me your words? God, I don't want them to be mine. I want them to be yours. I go out with your power because, God, your word does not return void, but it accomplishes what you desire it to, to do. So, God, do that today. We offer ourselves up to you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, I am excited for today. All right, today we're going to be wrapping up our Gifted to Serve uh, sermon series on the spiritual gifts. We're going to be looking at the manifestation gifts. And then we're also going to be uh, looking at how do we kind of put this all together. Okay? So, um in your bulletin, you should have a handout in your bulletin, okay? So I encourage you to get that out, okay? Now, as I finished putting this together later in the week, some of it's going to be a little bit out of order, okay? But the information is, is there, okay? If you're watching online, uh, you can go um, on our resources page of our website and you can download the PDF, okay? So it's there. Or if you're here, you have your phone, you can go there. If you don't have the bulletin, you can download that. That will really help you as we go through that, okay? Um, so most of the things are going to be um, there on, in, in the handout. So a really important thing to have. So as we're wrapping up today, okay, a, a little bit of review. So what we've done is we have looked at the spiritual gifts through a paradigm that, it, that uh, was introduced to me uh, by a man named Pastor Chip Ingram. Uh, now I know that he has gotten it from somebody else, okay? Um, but... Uh, this is kind of where the paradigm comes from for us to look at the different spiritual gifts, okay? So it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 through 6, okay? There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. This, this part isn't on your handout, so you don't have to look for it, okay? There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There's different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them, okay? And, and if you were here the last couple of weeks, we, we had... We had the main motivational gifts on one side of the column, okay? And, and we talked about what those were, that each and every person, each and every Christian has one or more of those gifts mixed together. We talked about prophecy, service, teaching, 
exhortation, giving, leadership, and mercy. And, and my challenge for you was, as we went through that, to examine yourself. Which of those resonate with you? To talk with a family member or a close friend about that. And to seek how has, which one of those maybe is your main gift or your gift mix. Because that's what we want to lean into. Okay? Um, then, two weeks ago, we talked about the middle column. Which were the ministry gifts or the service gifts. Okay? And today, we're talking about those that are on the right column. Okay? So again, uh, this isn't in your notes today. But if you've had them from past weeks, we had that paradigm lined out. The manifestation gifts. Now, what are those? Okay? So um, in here, what we see is when we walk in our motivational gifts, in our ministry, then we let God determine how he shows up. Okay? The different ways that God shows up in our lives. Now, um, a, a quick thing to clarify. As we go through this, okay, at SCIF, what we teach about some of these gifts, so some of these gifts... Uh, like speaking in tongues or miraculous healings, we don't see that those are still going on in the same way that they were in scriptures, okay? We see that those were, large, those were given there to validate the, the new message of Jesus Christ as the Son of God, okay? And that as the scriptures came together, that those kind of faded away. So today, as we go through those manifestation gifts, we're looking at what was Paul talking about to the, first, uh, the people in Corinthians, in Corinth? What were they then, okay? How is God working and moving in our midst now, okay? So I wanted to make sure that we're up front uh, about the teaching uh, of the church in that. So with that being said, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 7 through 11, okay? And this is where we get the list of those things that are in the right column, if you have that paradigm, that are the manifestation gifts of the Spirit, okay? So let's look at that, then we'll unpack those gifts, and then the big thing about today is how do we put it together? How do we step into action? How do we jump in the water of ministry, right? Because remember, uh, two weeks ago, we had, we had Sam up here, right? And he talked about, you know what? I knew there was a need to serve in Awana, and I had worked with kids before, um, but I didn't know how it was going to go, but I knew that I should, that I wanted to be there to help. And so I did. And I showed up and he said the first week it was kind of awkward because it was new for me and everything like that. But as he did it, he realized that God has gifted him in this way for that one-on-one ministry of helping these kids hide God's word in their heart, seeing how, how God has wired them. How do they help memorize? Is it with motions? Is it with covering words up? And, and, and he wouldn't have known that if he wouldn't have been willing to step out and take a risk, okay? So I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want to put that plug in there because it's not just I understand these gifts, but it's I'm going to step out in them. Okay, so manifestation gifts. Paul says this, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To other, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, one thing I want to show about. We see different gifts, different manifestations, but what is repeated there as we look at that? What is that? Spirit. Spirit. It's through the Spirit. By the same Spirit, same Spirit, one Spirit, one Spirit. There is unity together. The gifts come from God through His Spirit to His people in two ways. It comes in just the way He desired it to. 
He gifts his people just how he wanted to. And he gifts us in the way that brings pleasure to him. So it's careful and thought out and it pleases God. Let's continue looking on here. All of these are the work of the one in the same spirit and he gives to each one just as he determines. Okay? So again, the gifts are given from God as he determines. It's purposeful and it's what brings him pleasure. So let's quickly walk through some of these manifestation gifts, okay? And then we're going to move more toward the application, okay? So this is where uh, you have these in your, um, in your handout. So skipping kind of the first two sections, we're going to start at the word of wisdom, okay? And we're just going to go in the order that we see it there in the passage in Scripture, okay? The word of wisdom is the ability to apply principles of God's word in a practical way to specific situations and then to recommend the best course of action at the best time. The exercise of this gift skillfully distills insight and discernment into excellent advice. Okay, so the gift of, of wisdom, as I look at it, is somebody that's able to see God's word, okay, and see that the practical application of how that can be walked out in somebody's life. So somebody with this gift is somebody that's really good that you can kind of come up to them and be like, here's what's going on in my life or my work or my kids or my marriage. And you kind of, and they can kind of help you like a tangled ball of yarn, kind of unwind it and show you the different things and how God wants you to walk forward in that. That, that, that word of wisdom that God gives through his word. Okay. Uh, in my life, this, somebody that has exhibited this has been my dad. I've been able to come to him with different things that are going on in ministry and in life. And, and he's been able to show me uh, through the word and through his experience as a pastor of how to walk through different things. Somebody that can take the word of God and show you, kind of lay out how it can be applied to your life. So that's the word of wisdom. Uh, the next one, the word of knowledge. Okay, this is to me kind of connected to the gift of teaching and listen to it. It's the ability to discover analyze and systematize truth for the benefit of others with this gift one speaks with understanding and penetration okay the gift of knowledge is a divine strength or ability to understand and bring clarity to situations and circumstances often accompanied by the word of god so again this i think somebody with the gift of teaching they often are have the gift of knowledge there where they can systematize things and bring them together and present them in a way that makes sense for us to be able to apply to our lives. Now, as I look at the, the word of knowledge, I think that there are times and whether we call this a gift or the word of knowledge, but God through his spirit, I think at times sometimes presses something on our hearts where we have this this impression where we didn't it doesn't come from our mind or our heart that we're supposed to do something or say something or call somebody. Okay, and I think that could be a way that the gift of knowledge comes out that God in wanting to help minister to somebody else put something on your heart that he wants you to do a couple examples of that. Okay, Um, this was probably seven, eight years ago. Um, I was a youth pastor at West Shore Christian Church in Holland and I was driving home from work and I was a little bit late and I wanted to get home back to my family. And as I'm driving uh, home, it starts pouring. Okay, and I see a guy walking in the rain. And I want to get home because I'm late and I want to get home. And I just would check in my spirit, stop and pick him up. And I'm like, I don't want to. I want to get home. And so I drove past, but it just, it didn't go away. I'm like, okay, God, is this from you? Maybe I'm okay. God honors faithfulness. I turned around. I picked him up. Hey, uh, can I take you home? And he's like, no, no, I don't need to. I'm like, man, it's pouring. Just let me take you home. Okay, fine. 
I drive him home a couple blocks. I get there, and he's like, hey, thanks for the ride. Hey, come on in and meet my family. And again, I'm late. I want to get home. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. I start to walk back to my car, and I just go in. Oh, okay. So I go in, okay? He, meet, he introduces me uh, to his family and everything like that. Well, one of his kids named Isaiah, that's how he got connected to our youth group. And I was able to pour into Isaiah and the rest of his family over the next couple years because of that impression God had given me, okay? And you know what? An important thing is when we feel like we have something like that, it's discernment, okay? God's Spirit is never going to contradict his word, okay? And so that's, we'll get later, later to the gift of discernment, okay? Is this something from God? Is it just from me? You know what? Here's kind of a rule of thumb for me. If it's something that would be good in serving and helpful, okay, whether it's from God or not, I can see God honoring that. Now, if it's something that would be good and helpful and it lines up with his word and it's something that in your uh, uh, flesh maybe you don't want to do, that could be another indication that that's from God. Because I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to help. I wanted to get home. Now, was that the gift of knowledge? Was it an impression? What name do we call it? It doesn't really matter. But we can't just put God in a box and be like, you don't do this. Because that was a way that God used to be able to pour into this young man, Isaiah, over the next couple of years when he was in junior high and high school in the, in the ministry that God had given myself to his family. I never would have met him if I wouldn't have uh, listened to that. Uh, another time that this happened, uh, in the midst of the pandemic, I don't know about you, but it was hard. Anybody else, was it hard? Okay, you kind of felt isolated at times. In ministry, it was tough because you're like, we don't even come together in church. It's online. What do you, how do I be a pastor? This is crazy, okay? At least that's how it was for me. And, and somebody sent me a text message from my, from my church, and, um, and he said, and, and, and what he was going to do, he just wanted to share a text message, hey, I love you, I'm praying for you, that's it. That was his heart. And he felt impressed to add more to that. And what he shared in there, and he didn't know what was going on, he didn't know the struggles I was facing, he, he, he basically said, it's got to be hard to do, going what you're going through. I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, and, and I feel like God wants me to tell you that he's gifted you to serve and minister, and you can walk in the gifts he's given you. And again, he didn't know the struggle I had. It was hard to be a pastor in that time. But God used that word to encourage me to keep going in the ministry, to keep pressing ahead, to keep walking in my gifts. You see, God works in those ways. And again, we, we get that. God, is this from you? Is it not? Does it line up with your word? Doesn't it? But I think that's a way that God works and moves. So word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Let's continue on. Faith. Okay, now, disclaimer, we all are given a gift of faith, right? Okay, we all are given a measure of faith. So what is this gift of faith? How is it different from that? So this gift of faith, it's the ability to have a vision for what God wants done and to believe confidently that it will be accomplished in spite of circumstances and appearances to the contrary. The gift of faith transforms vision into reality. We all have been given a gift of faith, and yet I also believe that at times God helps our faith to be a little bit bigger than maybe it is at different times. And maybe there's some people that God has put a calling on their life that, that he, with that calling comes this gift of faith that they really, really need. I think of George Mueller, okay? Uh, George Mueller was in the 1800s. Uh, he was the director of the Ashley Down Orphanage in Bristol, England. He cared for over 10,000 orphans in his life. And in this ministry, he felt called that he was not supposed to ask for financial help, Okay? That's what he felt called to do. He felt that God had called him to do this and God was going to provide and the provision wasn't going to come from him asking for help. Okay, that's what he felt God had called him. 
And God provided time and time again for him and for the orphans. The story that sticks out the most to me is they had no food. No food. The table was set. The orphans and everybody, they were all gathered into the cafeteria and they sat down and they thanked God for the daily bread and the provision that they had. Again, there was no food in the orphanage. While they're praying, there's a knock on the door. Okay? And the baker comes by. And he says, you know what? I woke up this morning and I got an impress on my heart. I needed to bake bread and bring it here. And I couldn't go back to sleep. So here's the bread for you. You see, God, I think, had given George Mueller this gift of faith to walk in the calling that he had. And God showed up like that time and time again to provide for the needs of the 10,000 orphans over his lifetime there. So a, a, a question I have for you is, has God given you this gift of faith? And again, it's maybe not this high faith all the time. But if you have this gift of faith, some people, you know what, it is easier for them to just be like, I trust God no matter what is going on. Well, you know what, if you have that gift, part of that gift is given to encourage the body because we're not all there. Some of us, it's harder to trust. And sometimes it's our, I mean, we can be, it can be a mixture of our background, it can be a mixture of just how we're wired in our physical body, how our brain is, that we're more prone to anxiety and worry. And so when somebody who has the gift of faith can come alongside us and encourage us and remind us of the truth, that's one of the ways the body of Christ is built up. There's a missionary that, um, um, uh, in the Chicago area. Her name is Miss Pearl. And uh, she has a daycare there in Chicago. Really cool story. I'm not going to get it all into it. But basically, God rescued her out of a life of prostitution and drugs, saved her dramatically, and she realized there were girls in high school that had kids, and they were going to drop out from high school, and she felt a need to minister to those girls and their kids. I want to have a daycare for these kids so that they get a strong biblical foundation that they don't get at home, and the moms can finish school and go on to college. Okay? And over the last 30 years, God has done amazing things through her ministry. Where she started on the block, now her ministry owns most of the block that used to all be crack houses. Okay, like literally transforming the city block by block at a time. She had an opportunity to take this grant with a lot of money, but it came with strings. If you take this grant money to expand the ministry God has given you, you can't teach about Jesus. And she said, then I don't want it because I trust God's going to provide. She had this great gift of faith. Well, a couple weeks later, the the committee came back to her and said, you know what, you're doing such a good job of changing this community. You can still teach about Jesus if you have this grant money. You just can't discriminate, okay? So that means that if, if a Hindu family wants to bring their child here, a Muslim family, you have to take their kids. And she said, great, they all need to know about Jesus, okay? This lady with this great gift of faith that encourages those around us. And God gives us the gift of faith that we need to walk in the ministry that we have. And and if God has given you this gift of faith, and maybe it ebbs and flows, use that to encourage the body because we need that. Okay, the the next two we're going to put together, gifts of healing and miraculous powers, okay? Um, So what Paul is talking about here, okay, we'll read both definitions and then a little bit of commentary. So the gift of healing, this was the ability to serve as a human instrument through whom God cured illnesses and restored health. The possessor of this gift was not the source of power, but merely a vessel that God poured through, that God could heal in the ways that God desired to. Okay? Um, a, a quote I have in here from Pastor Chip as he teaches about this. He says this, The spiritual gift should not be confused with signs and wonders performed by Jesus and the apostles. Okay? Um, so like we said, the, the gift of hearing, uh, healing and the miracles, we see that those have, have passed away. God still works in miraculous ways. 
God still brings healing. Okay? Now, is it the same as like when Jesus and the apostles and stuff? Okay, no, it's different than that. But God still works. And for us to, it, it, we, we don't want to look at those that look like they're abusing it, the grandstanding and the big events and people seem like they're getting healed, but they're really not and be like, God, God can never heal because God works. God's bigger than the box we can put them in. Okay? The next one is about, um, it literally, it's mir- miraculous powers. It literally means energy of power. Okay, this was the ability to serve as an instrument through whom God accomplished acts that altered the natural outcomes of life by manifesting supernatural power, often through prayer, faith, and divine direction. So we see when Jesus and the apostles were bringing the good news to people who had never heard about it, it came attached with signs and wonders to show this new news has the authority from God. The different times in scriptures that we see more miracles have to do with new revelation or restored revelation. Like Moses, right? He got the the old covenant, but when he got it, it was a new one, right? Because it was brand new to him, okay? The old covenant. And there was a lot of miraculous signs that happened as God was showing this word given to Moses is legit. We have uh, Elijah and Elisha, prophets, that when the country of of Israel and Judah was kind of crumbling in their spiritual... uh, realities that god was bringing restoration and god is showing it's not these false prophets it's these these true prophets they're the ones that have the signs and wonders to back it up so uh when it comes to gifts of healing and miraculous powers we see uh that those are those are not around like they were in the in the in the new testament times but i also don't want us just to put god in a box because you see a story pastor chip shares is they had a bunch of pastors in India having a pastor's conference. And uh, this was, uh, you know, probably 10 years ago when there was a tsunami that was coming at Sri Lanka. And there were some pastors from Sri Lanka, and they're just sharing about report of ministry in the middle of their ministry report, okay? They're just sharing regular, normal things that are happening. They're like, yeah, when that tsunami came, our pastor, like, had us stand outside and pray that God would move the tsunami. And it went around the church. God works and moves. Now, you know what? I'm sure there are other people that prayed for protection during that and the tsunami destroyed their house. The Bible says in James that the elders are to anoint someone who's sick with oil and pray for them so they may be healed. And you know what? We've done that. We've prayed for healing and God has brought healing. And sometimes he uses doctors and sometimes he uses medicine or a diet change or things like that, exercise. And sometimes the only explanation is that God supernaturally worked in a way to bring healing. And we celebrate that. We've all prayed for people to be healed, and they haven't, right? And they've, we prayed for cancer to be eradicated, and it was, and rejoice. And there's times when it wasn't, and they pass away. And so we, we can't just put God in a box. God doesn't do things. God is still working. God is still moving, okay? It's different. So what is the best, um, what is the best way that I as I kind of look at it, as I look at scripture and I see what's going on, why does sometimes God seem to respond and people are healed when we pray and sometimes he doesn't? And here's what I see. Jesus said the kingdom of God is here. Jesus came, that was kind of like, like D-Day, okay, in World War II. The kingdom of God is here, established, but it's not fully here yet. When Christ returns, we have the reign, you know, the thousand rule reign of the kingdom of God. We have the forever kingdom in heaven. Okay, that's when the kingdom is fully here. And what does it say in Revelation? There's no tears, no crying, no sickness, no pain, no death. When that kingdom fully comes, everybody's healed. Everybody's whole. Well, the kingdom of God is here in part. 
And I think that's why sometimes there is healing sometimes. Because the kingdom of God is here in part. But that full gift of healing that we're looking for, that full restoration, that comes in the eternal kingdom that's coming one day. That's how I look at, at, at those uh, two gifts. Um, what Paul was talking about back then and how God works in ways that we don't always understand. Um, let's continue on. Distinguishing of spirits or discernment, okay? This is the ability to discern the spirit of truth from the spirit of error. With this gift, one may distinguish reality versus counterfeits, the divine versus the demonic, the true teaching versus false teaching, and in some cases, spiritual, uh, spiritual versus carnal motives. Literally, the word means to divide, okay? And so uh, one with this gift is wisdom from God to really see truth from error. Is this a movement of God or is it of the flesh or is it from Satan? Is this, is this how God wants us to walk in? We have a decision to make. Okay, and so this is a great a, a great uh, gift to have in the room when there's this decision. What way do we move forward? Do we go this route or we do go go this route? God, we need your wisdom and your discernment, and God gives wisdom and discernment. Right? It says in the book of James, if you lack wisdom, ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. God wants to give wisdom. The last two, tongues and the interpretation of tongues. So. In the New Testament times, okay, tongues was the ability to receive and impart a spiritual message in a language the recipient had never learned so that other members of the body may be edified, okay? The message was to be interpreted either by the recipient, okay, or by another person with the gift of interpretation or that person was supposed to be quiet, okay? Now, where do we see this in Scripture? We see it in Acts chapter 2, right? 120 of the disciples of Jesus in the upper room, praying the spirit is poured out they come busting out and they're praising god in all these languages that they haven't learned okay where do else do we see it potentially we see it when the apostles go to samaria and they are teaching the samaritans and paul uh, and philip um i believe it's philip lays his hand no peter peter and john come there they lay their hands on the samaritans and they receive the, the spirit there's some sign that comes with it okay i would assume it was a speaking in tongues this is praising god in a language they don't know the other time we see it is the first Gentile converts. Before they're even baptized, before they even declare their faith in Jesus, okay? When they come to believe, right? When they sit in the chair, that's Jesus, okay? When that happens, the Spirit is poured out and they start praising God in other languages. And Peter's like, whoa, if they got the same gift as us, then we should baptize them, right? The gospel must be for Gentiles too. And then the last time is when there's some disciples that didn't know about the Holy Spirit, Okay, and there is um, they only knew about John the Baptist baptism of repentance. They didn't know about being baptized in the name of Jesus. They didn't understand the full gospel. When they understood the full gospel, the gift was poured out the speaking of tongues. What I see about that is not that the gift of tongues is a sign of the Holy Spirit all throughout Scripture. Okay, it's not. Somebody was became a Christian. It didn't mean that all they had to have the gift of tongues to to show that they're a Christian. What I see is that in the first instance of the Spirit being poured out, the first instance where it wasn't just for Jews but also for Samaritans, the first instance when it wasn't just for Jews and Samaritans but Gentiles, and then to show that these people who hadn't got the full picture of it, that they had the real thing, it was shown. But those are the only, uh, the only instances we have of it in the book of Acts. And many people became Christians in the book of Acts without any gift like that. It's not the sign of I'm a Christian or I'm not a Christian, Okay. And then the interpretation of tongues was simply the ability to understand 
whether it was a word given to you or to somebody else. So that's what they were back in the New Testament times. I want to make sure we saw what is Paul talking about, okay? Now, in this study, we've gone over the theology of the gifts. They've been given by God as he desires in the way that brings him pleasure. To each believer, they're given to each believer for us to serve one another in love, to build up the body, to promote unity. No gift is more important than the other. They work together. They're given to glorify Jesus. And they are empowerment for us to walk out the ministry God has planned for us to advance his kingdom. We've sought clarity. We've explored each gift. So we have a basic knowledge of the various spiritual gifts. But now, how do we put it all together? Because again, we can't just keep the knowledge and what we learn here in this room. It's meant to be walked out. God has gifted us to serve. So as we prepare to wrap up the study, I, I have this, fear is probably too strong of a word, but I have this concern. My concern is that we would view the discover, development, and deployment of our spiritual gift as an optional exercise. Kind of like a spiritual salad bar. Interesting, but not serious responsibility. Now what do I mean by, by the salad bar, Okay. And I stole this illustration from Pastor Chip. You know, when, if you go to a salad bar, like a lot of us were like meat and potatoes, okay? Like meat and potatoes. That's like the scripture and the worship and community and together. And that's the meat and potatoes. And you know what? We can live without salad, right? We can live without salad, maybe, right? <laughs> and we can live without dessert. Even if we don't want to, we can live without dessert. And, and maybe if you go up to a dessert bar, I know if you're like me, like I should only have about this much portion, but if there's like a bunch of things, how many little pieces of everything can I get? That equals about this much or maybe this much portion. And so my concern is that we would see all these gifts and we would, we would just kind of like, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this, try, maybe, 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 but it doesn't actually impact our lives. We don't actually walk in it. You see, uh, walking in our spiritual gifts is not supposed to just be like an add-on to walking in uh, the faith that God has given us. In Ephesians, it says it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not by work so that no one can boast. Why? For we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece in the making, created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. To do ministry that he's put right in front of us. To be that faithful servant that does the ministry right in front of us. These are good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. You see, I want you to know how you've been shaped and gifted. You know, we had those paintbrushes up here before. I want you to know how God has crafted you and shaped you and given you passions for ministry because guess what? You all have a role to play. Paul says, y'all are the body of Christ and each one of you are a member of it. You have something that is vitally important in the life and the body of Skiff Lake Bible Church. You. God has gifted you, wired you, given you passions to serve one another in love, to build up the body, and to help us as a church together live the missionary life here. We all have a part to play. Big or little, there's not big or little. It's differing gifts that work together. You all have a part to play. And, and so why is it so important to develop our spiritual gifts? And we've gone over some of these before. It gives you direction and purpose in your life, the freedom to embrace who you are and enjoy who you are. 
An example for my own life, as I look at the spiritual gifts, I see teaching and prophecy. That shows up here on Sunday mornings in my preaching. And I see pastor and leadership. And so if those are the ways that God has gifted me, then perhaps I'm supposed to devote a lion's share of my time into doing those things. To take the time to prepare sermons and prepare my heart to preach, because that's what he's called me to do. To take the time to look at big picture vision casting, where is God calling us, and and to give that out in front of the congregation and the leaders, because that's where God is calling us. And because I know that I don't have a good gift of administration, I'm so glad to have someone like Barb to work with me every day who has a gift of administration. And some of the men in our board of elders who are gifted with administration that we can work together. So when you know how you're gifted, you can see the role you can play and you can see who you need to partner with together. There's joy that comes when you impact lives. And it's accountability. They're stewards. We're a steward of the gift God has given us. We'll be held responsible. Now, where do we get that? Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we make it our goal to please him, whether we're at home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Everybody's going to stand before Jesus Christ in judgment. This judgment is not the judgment of heaven or hell, okay? This is a judgment of Christians, not of heaven or hell, because we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is a judgment where we receive what is due him for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. It's like, I gave you time, I gave you talents, I gave you spiritual gifts, what'd you do with it? And there's rewards. It's accountability. How are you using the gift that God has given you? We read this earlier in the service, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Our lives are built on the gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of God, right? I will build my life on your love. It's a firm foundation. We sang about that today. And Paul says, if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, or wood, hay, and straw, his work will be shown what it is. Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it's burned up, he'll suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Okay? There's a judgment of Christians. How did we build our life? What is consumed and burned up? And what did we build with precious jewels, gold, and silver? How do we walk in what God has given us? That Then rewards come. You know, even as I see this, I see the grace of God because we all have built things in our life of wood, hay, and stubble, right? There's no perfect people here. We don't take that stuff to heaven. It's burned away. We're refined. Those things are burned away. And what's left is the rewards that God gives us. But this is a stewardship thing for us to walk in the gifts that God has given us. And so developing your gifts demands that you exercise them by involvement in people's lives and needs. You need to know how can you serve one another in love. We can't just be aloof and not know what is going on around us. We've got to know who needs my help, who needs my gift. It's important for us to be involved in some type of smaller community, okay, whether that's a Sunday school class or a Bible study or a community that gets together so you can understand people's needs. It takes ongoing practice, training, and education. These gifts can be kind of like muscles. The more you use them, the better, more comfortable you feel, you feel um, walking in them. And it takes regular risk-taking opportunities. Like, like you've got to jump in the water. How many of you all know how to swim? Now, kind of. You can float enough. You can stay above. I, I, know, how to, I, I know how to, like, swim-ish, okay? All the different strokes and whatever. No, but, can, I, but I can swim. I can stay afloat. I can get from A to B. 
Okay, just don't have me do races or anything like that. Now, you can watch videos about swimming. Okay, this is a freestyle. This is the backstroke. Anybody know what this one is that you can do this? Okay, yeah. You can watch videos about it. You can watch other people do it. If you don't jump in the water, you don't learn how to swim. So there comes a time where you've done these assessments or you've done this study, you've done these things, and you've talked with other people, and there's this time where you've got to go, I think I maybe have this gift. Maybe not. I don't know. I could have this gift. Maybe not. It makes me kind of scared. But I'm just going to run over, and I'm going to jump in the water of life, in ministry. Because if you don't jump in the water, you don't get wet, you don't learn how to swim. If you don't step out in faith, do you have the gift? If you don't step out in faith, do you have the gift? Now, when we're talking about spiritual gifts, this is not about seeking to fill slots in a church. Yes, we have volunteer opportunities. We have more than enough places to plug in and serve. This is about you knowing how God has gifted you to walk in it because he has called you to ministry in your home, in your community, your school, your workplace, and yes, here at the church. I love you, sweetie. And as we talk about the gifts, we talk about practicing them. Don't forget the most important thing. The gifts are given by God's Spirit. They're not just tools that you pull out. When it's time for me to preach, it's not like, let's get my preaching tool about out and come on up. It's a leaning into the Spirit of God. When in your service, it's a leaning into the Spirit of God. That inner life of the Word and prayer and community, the spiritual disciplines, that's where your power and your strength comes from as you seek to walk in your ministry. So be filled with the Spirit. On your last page, you've got a little bit of homework, okay? I'm not going to go over all that today because we've gone over it in the past. But one of the ways to help you discover where to use your gift is to look at what are your passions that God has given you. Where your gifts and your passions line up, that's your GPS. Your gifts, your passions are your sweet spot for ministry. Here's what I mean by that. You may be gifted to teach and you do junior high ministry for like two and a half minutes and you're like, I can never do this again. Somebody else may be really passionate about middle schoolers. And so they come back week after week after week because they're excited about it. You see, what we are passionate about, that, that gives us the energy to keep doing it. So we can focus our gifts, the gifts God has given us. Where do they show up? What passions has God given you? Because that's where you're going to see the energy to keep on going. So I challenge you, if you haven't already done that, go through that that homework there, that handout there. There's some more assessments you can take if you want to. Uh, assessments are not, not the greatest way to understand how you're gifted, but they can be good tools. Because you see, God has called you to serve. This slide should be reviewed. This is our spiritual gift action plan. It doesn't stop today. Okay? Lord willing, you've committed to discover, developing, and deploying your spiritual gift. We've, we've been studying the gift passages in God's word. We've looked at the definitions of the gifts. Hopefully you've been praying seriously, asking God, show me how you've gifted me. Hopefully you've been able to seek quality counsel, talk with somebody that knows you about the ways that you feel gifted. Hopefully you've been able to take a couple different spiritual gift assessments and the challenge is to test the water. Where can you serve within the church or somewhere else where you say, hey, give me like a month, month and a half. Let me try this out. And if it's not working after a month and a half, you step out. But maybe you'll be like Sam and you'll be like, wow, I love this. God has gifted me in this way. And as you do that, to examine the fulfillment in the joy factor, because get this, 
you have been unleashed for ministry. You are now entering the mission field, right? That's what it says back there. We're to live the missionary life together in the church, to those around us, in Skiff Lake Bible Church. God has gifted you for ministry. God is working in this church. Do you realize that? God is bringing people here that need the gospel. God is bringing people outside to use the parking lot who need the gospel. God's working and moving. And y'all, me, we are unleashed to walk in the ministry that God has for us. So I challenge you, you jump in the water. I'll make sure we have a handout of this later on. You've seen this before. These are the various ministries here at the church. Okay, and I'll make sure that uh, we get something to you guys this week in the email that has this list along with who the leader is. Because these are things that we are either are going on or they're things that we want to launch and do. But you know what? We, we can't do it. We can't do it until God raises up the people that go in the different places. And again, this sermon series is not about filling a bunch of slots. It's not what it is. Okay, hear that. I want you to walk in the ministry God's given you, wherever that is. If it's one of these ways, awesome. If it's somewhere else, let me know because I'd love to know so I can support you in that because God has gifted you to serve and we're in this together. So the so what for today, jump in the water. Where are you going to serve? How is God going to use you to build up the body that is Christ? Let's take a a time to pray and then um, we'll move into our communion time. So if you, don't, if you don't have one of these communion things and you need one, uh, then go ahead and put your hand up and the, the ushers will bring some by. But let's go ahead and pray as we wrap up the sermon and we'll transition to communion. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for the ways that you have gifted each of us here. Show us what those are. Give us wisdom, boldness, clarity. Show us the ways you've given us your passions that we can walk in the ministry you've given us, God. We need that. God, I am so grateful for the ways that you are moving and working here. So God, move and work. God, I want to see many people come to know you through this church. And not just this church, but your people here in Jackson County. God, we need revival. Our county, our state, our nation, our world needs you. And God, you choose to work through broken people like us. Thank you. Help us to lean into your spirit and walk in the gifts you've given us. In your name we pray. Amen. We're wrapping up spiritual gifts. But we're not just going to tie a bow on it and leave it. Because the goal is that we walk into it. And as we kind of now probably start to shift gears and look ahead toward Easter, we got Palm Sunday, we got Good Friday. We got Easter coming up. I I mean, we celebrate Easter every Sunday, right? That's why we're here, because Jesus rose from the dead, right? But on Easter, like, we get to, like, really lean into he conquered death, right? Like, that's what being a Christian is all about, that God loves me. He sent his son to save me, and that's what communion is about. Okay, so we have these little chalice things, okay? And we take this as a physical reminder of a spiritual reality. Like, we're physical beings, right? I asked this a couple weeks ago. Who has a body? Only two people raised their hands. We all have bodies, right? We need nourishment, right? 
We need food every day. We need the spiritual nourishment that is given to us because Jesus died in our place. So when we take this little thing, we remember his body was broken for us, and that food gives us the nourishment we need, Christ's death nourishes us spiritually forever. And we take the cup and remember his blood was shed for us and it covers our sins. Atones, that's what it means. Atonement covers over. And this is also a time in scripture we are challenged to examine ourselves. How am I living out this faith? It's a sobering time because you know what? I'm not perfect and you're not. And we come before God and we realize, man, I could do, I want to do so much better. And I see my sin. And that, that's what we do in communion. We take that time to do that. And we're going to take a little bit of time just to do that in our own hearts. But the thing I want to remember as we do that, here's God's heart for us because of the cross from Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who shall be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those that God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is it that brings a charge against Christian? God is the one who has made it just as if we have never sinned. Who is he that condemns? Jesus Christ who died. More than that, who's raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness or danger of sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we're going to just take a little bit of time, examine ourselves before God. What do I need to repent of? Where's my brokenness that I need a Savior? All within the back of our mind, Who is it that brings a charge of condemnation? God justifies. Who is it that condemns Christ Jesus, who died and rose from the dead, is interceding on our behalf? In the midst of our brokenness, we enter into the throne room of grace with boldness. So let us come boldly, with trembling, trembling boldness before the one who has forgiven us of our sins. And let's examine ourselves for the next little bit, and then we'll partake together. our brokenness before our Father. I want to encourage you. In your heart and in your mind, look up and see the smiling face of your beloved Father. Let's prepare to take the wafer. Jesus, I thank you that you died for a sinner like me. That your body was broken for me in my place. And we remember your death.
we proclaim it until you come. Let's take the bread together. As we prepare to take the cup together, God, I pray that the rally of your death will never just seem common to us. We won't take it for granted. And that the love you showed for us on the cross, that you will birth that in us for those that don't know you and birth that in us for each other. So Jesus, we thank you that your blood was shed and it covers our sins. And we thank you for the day when you will drink this cup anew with us in the forever eternal kingdom. Christ, you have come, you have died, you have risen, you are ascended, and you are coming again, and we remember that as we take together. Amen. Let's pray together as we prepare to close out worship with a final song. God, thank you that we can take communion together as one body, unified under you, knowing that what brings us unity is that you died for us, you rescued us, you put your spirit inside of us, you called us out from the world to send us out into the world to be your missionaries. Thank you that you smile at us. We love you, Lord. We worship you in your name, Jesus, we pray. guys want to stand and join us we'll close with uh, this is amazing grace
about 20 minutes or so of fellowship time. We'll have Sunday school in here at 11.15. Uh, we have a discussion Sunday school class in the library at 11.15 as well. So that means if you want your extra fellowship time, you've got to stay after Sunday school and hang out a bit longer, okay? Because you see, the fellowship that we have now and after is about the body coming together to love one another, know needs so we can meet needs. So we have a church service that starts whenever you show up, right? When you meet and greet through the whole worship service, out in the fellowship time, back in the Sunday school, and fellowship together, where we're gathered and we scatter as missionaries in our own place. Lord, I thank you for today. We worship you. We love you. You're so good. Thank you, God. Bless the time of fellowship we have in Sunday school afterwards. God, in this time leading up to Easter and Easter, God, I pray you will bring many people to a saving knowledge of you throughout the world. And use us. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming. Enjoy your fellowship time. And we'll see you in one of our two Sunday school classes.